Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. Well, praise the Lord. It is Palm Sunday, and we're going to look at uh, Mark chapter 11 and to think about this question, do you remember when Jesus came into your life? And I want you to think about what took place in your life when Jesus came into your life. Are you the same person that you were, or has God done something in your life? And today, as we look at Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday is the day when Jesus entered into Jerusalem. And people were excited, people were passionate about Christ entering into Jerusalem. But I want you to think about the fact that just a few days later, what did some of those same people do? Hollered, crucify him. And the thing is, Jesus walked into Jerusalem and everybody's excited. They're waving palms. And just a few days later, they're, they're crying. The same people are crying, crucify him. And as we think about this day, you know, we come in here and we want to serve Christ. We are, uh, we are committed to Christ. We're motivated to serve Christ. And what happens? What happens to us where we can start off so good? I've met so many people who, who gave their life to Christ. So many people uh, that I heard sat there and prayed to receive Christ. And then as they lived life, they didn't finish the way they started. And, and my prayer today is in communicating God's word is that we would look at this practically and, and have a clear path. How can I finish strong? How can I begin and finish what I started? Let's look at God's word in uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 1. It says, As they approached Jerusalem at Bethage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it back here. They went away and found a colt tied at the door outside in the street, and they untied it. Verse 5, and some of the bystanders were saying to him, what are you doing untying the colt? And they told him, just as Jesus had said, and they gave them permission. They brought the colt to Jesus and put their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches, which they had cut off from the fields. And those who went in front and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered Jerusalem, and he came into the temple area, and after looking around at everything, he left for Bethany with the twelve since it was already late. Have you received his invitation? The Christian life begins with an invitation. 
Now, you might have heard it while you were listening to someone preach. You might have heard it through a conversation. You might have heard it through a near-death experience. But something happens in everyone's life where they are invited to follow Christ. And then there's a response. I can't think of anything that is more exciting than to be part of someone responding to the invitation of Christ through the Holy Spirit to follow Him. But it's not just an invitation. We don't just come to Christ. We also need to grow in Christ. And so the next question is, are you willing to receive His instruction? Now those of you here who you believe Jesus is the Son of God, you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, you believe, and you want to follow and obey Him. The question is, how does that take place? There are instructions written in the Word of God. There are instructions that systematically are going to be preached in a church that preaches the Bible. Now, we preach through the New Testament many times. You know, we preach into the Old Testament. We just finished the book of Colossians. After the Easter season, we're going to go into the book of James. Systematically, we're going to look at what does God say? We're going to look at His Word. And I'm not going to stand up here and tell you week to week 10 different things to do. It's probably going to be one or two things that are pretty specific. And if you and I will respond every week to what God has said for us to do, little by little, we will change. I've seen it over and over. It's not fancy, it's not exciting, but it works. If you and I will hear God's Word, if we will pray that we understand it, and if we don't understand it, if we will ask questions, if we will do some research, so that you and I know specifically what is it that God wants me to do? He wants me to stop complaining. He wants me to stop talking about people. He wants me to encourage people. He wants me to be holy and pure in my thought life. He wants me to trust Him with anxiety. And little by little, teaching by teaching, we start, and some things are really easy. You're like, praise the Lord, I don't want to have anxiety. I'm not going to worry. And then you come on something like, oh, it's going to be hard not to, it's going to be hard not to gossip, you know? So you have to pray and trust God, and you might, you might fall in that area, and you, you get an accountability partner. You say to a friend or someone you trust as a spiritual friend, you say, hey, look, I'm struggling with this area. This is an area of weakness. Can you meet with me week to week and pray and help me in this area? And then slowly, little by little, you overcome that area. And then you move on to the next. And then God opens up doors for you to start teaching people and helping people. And then you start sharing with people. And as you rub shoulders with people, you start to get to know the people in the church. And you realize some of the people have some great strengths. And at the same time, you know, myself included, we have weaknesses. We're not perfect. And in knowing people's weaknesses, it's a great trust. You trust people to love you and care about you and pray for you and encourage you and help and, and try to build you up. 
because we are out in the open. You know, we're transparent. When you rub shoulders with people and you, you live with people and you live the Christian life with other people, you get to know one another. And you see the things that people struggle with. And you help them and you encourage them. And what takes place? As we grow spiritually, we begin to discover spiritual gifts. Things that God has give, given us, abilities, and we begin to use those abilities to help other people. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but we're building God's kingdom. And the biggest enemy, the elephant in the room, is our mortality. We don't live forever. So we have a limited time to do this. And next week, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we really celebrate it every week. And every time we gather, we remember he died for our sins. He rose from the dead. So we're going to live forever because of our relationship with Christ. But in the meantime, as we're trying to follow and obey him, we are growing spiritually together and trying to reach and develop other people and help them live the Christian life. And the world, the culture around us, is not motivating people to live for Christ. And a lot of times the world is sneaky. The Bible says that Satan comes as an angel of light. That means he's very deceptive. He makes sin very attractive. And what happens is eventually he overplays his hand and he shows up as a roaring lion. And that's when people says, oh my gosh. But the enemy doesn't always come like that. Sometimes he's smooth and tricky and he tries to deceive us and make us think that doing the wrong thing is going to be better for us. But as followers of Christ and as men and women who have the Holy Spirit, we're not ignorant of these things. We can see it. And those among us who are spiritually mature can encourage us and point it out. And when you come to Christ and you begin to receive his instructions, I encourage you to listen to people who you can see spiritual fruit in their life. Not people who are repeating the same mistakes that you're struggling with. If you see someone and God is working in their life and they are growing spiritually and they're humble, they're teachable, they speak the truth in love. Now, they might tell you something you don't want to hear, but they speak to you in love, and they live in reality, not in make-believe. They deal with a real world, they encourage you in the Lord, and you can look at their life and see they're not perfect, but they follow and they obey Christ, and they're growing spiritually. Then learn from those people. Paul invested in Timothy. Timothy invested in people. We read about Onesimus and Philemon. These were people that people in the New Testament encouraged and challenged to grow spiritually. So we see that we've followed the invitation to come to Christ. We're receiving his instructions. And here's the question. When Jesus comes into your life, he helps you receive his word. When Jesus comes into your life and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're able to read and understand the Word of God. And as you understand God's Word, you begin to grow spiritually. The next thing is, is when Jesus comes into your life, we receive His work. 
God has a work for you and I to do. If you are a follower of Christ, or if you're considering following Christ, if you will come to Christ and surrender your life to Christ, or if you have come to Christ and surrendered your life to Christ, God created you with spiritual abilities. You have spiritual gifts that when you use those gifts, it's not like schoolwork. Some people can't stand math or science or history. That's not the way a spiritual gift is. A spiritual gift is something that God gave you that corresponds with who you are and what you enjoy to do. So, when you come to Christ and you connect with a local church, you don't just want to sit around and be entertained. You want to be part of things. And you want to use your gifts the way God has made you, the things that He placed in you to to live the Christian life. That makes it easier. That motivates you. When you're using your gift and when you're serving the Lord, it's, it's almost like having kids. When... When we're single, you know, we, we think one way, you get married, you start thinking a little more mature, but when you have kids, you know, you start, you make that shift, okay? I'm not just living for myself. I've got these kids, and I need to, I need to act right, I need to do right, and, I, and a lot of parents are shaking their head because we've had these conversations. You're motivated to do what's best for those kids. And when you come into the church in a Christian community, using your gift motivates you to work on other areas of your life. Every single one of us, when we came to Christ, we brought human nature with us. And human nature is the thing that can sidetrack people because you think, how in the world can I love Christ and I want to serve Christ and I want to stay on Palm Sunday, praising the Lord, excited. But I know there are hard times and challenges. And the flesh is weak and temptation is real. And I've got to go out there and I've got to fight that battle. And when you lose that battle and when you give in to something, you feel ashamed. That's the time for the body of Christ and for other believers to be encouraging. And to say, we all have human nature, we all struggle, and to lift people back up, and to get back to the task at hand, to doing the Lord's work. And as we do that, we are dealing with our human nature, with the Holy Spirit inside of us, with the Word of God to help us, with prayer, and with the encouragement of the local church. And that leads to the next thing. When Jesus comes into our lives, we offer him worship. We worship God. Today, we, we come before God on this day, and we respond in worship to him. What is worship? Worship is the willful, voluntary surrender of our lives to him. It's pouring out ourselves. It says denying yourself. It is the complete and total surrender of ourselves to Christ, resulting in a life that is transformative, a life that will influence other people, and a life that will continue. 
Let us pray. And I want you, you know, the whole focus of the day, you know, my encouragement today is knowing that the majority of the people listening would be followers of Christ. And if you're here today and you've not made a decision to follow Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to surrender your life to follow and obey Christ. If you're here today and you've done that, I want to encourage you to make concrete commitments to Christ that will be life-changing, not just to have a response emotionally, but to decide that, you know, I am going to follow and obey Christ, and I'm going to take the steps to change. When we want to do something, guess what? We figure it out. You know, we figure it out. And if if you're beginning to, if you want to get real spiritual with me and say, well, Mark, we're humans. We can't live the Christian life. Well, the Bible says you and I have the Holy Spirit. So that argument's not valid. So let me just qualify. Since as believers, we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Word of God, we have prayer, we have the fellowship of saints. If we really want to live the Christian life, we're not going to be perfect, but we can live the Christian life. I believe with my whole heart that every single person can mature to be a spiritual giant. I believe that with my whole heart. So let me lead us in these prayers. So let us pray to receive his invitation to come to him and instruction to follow and obey him. Let's pray. And let's just take a moment now to pray to receive Christ and to follow his instructions in our lives. Father God, we, we come and we receive your son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. And Lord, teach us. And Lord, we surrender our life to follow and obey you and follow your instructions. Lord, help us to do that today and this week throughout our lives. Amen. On this day of great rejoicing, Lord Jesus, we welcome you as our King and our Savior. As you think of Palm Sunday, you have a, a life that you're going to live that's going, you're going to face some challenges. You might face them this week. You're going to have hardship. You know, when Jesus went into Jerusalem, uh, this preceded him being crucified. And the thought is, if we would just receive Christ and rejoice in Christ and stick with Christ, no matter what would happen, then we would go to the cross with him. And then after the cross, there's the resurrection. Now, I'm not trying to make or minimize a cross. For some of you, this is where the rubber hits the road. Because there are things you just simply don't want to do. There are things that you know there's a right and there's a wrong and you're resisting. Can I tell you that the consequences for doing the wrong thing are real? There is always heaven and hell in the presentation. And I am not the, the guy that just says... 
you know, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be, you know, I lean towards the positive. Try to emphasize the positive part. And I could stand up here all day and tell you how great heaven is. I could tell you how great the resurrection is and how that the cross is there, but yet the resurrection is there. And that's my personality. But the reality is, if we don't follow and obey Him, since God loves us and knows what's best, when we're stubborn and we just fundamentally resist the Holy Spirit, we end up learning the hard way. But if you know what is right and you don't do it, James says it's sin. And it's, it's consequences. So my prayer is that you would look realistically and say that before me on this day of worship and praise and excitement to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior and to celebrate my faith, that I would look ahead and I would see the cross and I would see the resurrection and I would say, not my will, but your will be done. That I would follow and obey Christ. I believe a weight would lift off of your back and my back if we simply say, I'm going to do what Christ wants no matter what the cost. I'm going to magnify Christ. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to follow him. I'm not going to follow my will, you know, wherever it leads. And there cannot be anything in my life that is more preeminent and more dominant than Christ. I have to be surrendered to him or the whole thing is messed up. You know, I begin to serve myself. And unfortunately, a lot of pastors end up doing that. They start off well and they have the best of intentions, and they start making excuses. And I know several of them. And I've watched men who, who can preach far better than I can. They can do all these things. But the fundamental issue is, is when you stand before Christ, if you have not obeyed him and followed him as Lord, you will not have been as effective as you would have been if you simply would have obeyed Christ, the most humble person with the least amount of gifts, will be far more effective in the kingdom of God if their heart is humble and willing to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior than the most gifted and talented person in our midst. Because the talent doesn't matter. God can, can pour talent where there's no talent. He can breathe life into someone. He can breathe talent into someone. I've seen God take people of, of very average talent and just build that talent up and develop it. It's the heart that is the difficult thing. It's surrendering your heart to Christ, and that's something no one can do for you. I can't do it. I have to stand before God myself, and I have to look at my own heart and deal with my own wickedness and my own weaknesses and say, Lord, change me and surrender and be humble and willing that if there's an area that is difficult, that I can't overcome in my own strength, to seek that person out, that who can help me? You're here today and you're hearing about this. If there's an area of weakness where it's hard to make Jesus Lord and Savior, then find someone to help you and encourage you and walk with you to do that. Finally, Lord, help us walk in the shadow of your cross. The cross leads to the resurrection. There's a cost. There's a commitment. Lord, help us walk in the shadow of your cross. Lord, build our faith today 
so that when the time comes, we will still praise you. My prayer is that we would grow deeper, that we would commit ourselves to Christ in a way that when difficulty comes, we would stay true. If you remember prior to the cross, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus got down on his knees and he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And what were the disciples doing? They were sleeping. They were sleeping, so they were not prepared. If you want to be prepared, you got to wake up. you got to wake up spiritually and pray and seek the Lord while your heart is stirred to do the right thing. You're probably stirred to do the right thing today. So you pray and you ask the Lord to help you so that the next couple of days and down the road when you're faced with situations where it's easy to deny Christ, it's easy to turn and do the wrong thing. You have spiritual strength. Let's pray and commit this uh, day to the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you for this time of year. God, I thank you for your death and resurrection and the encouragement that it brings to us. Lord, we just stop and pause and we surrender. We surrender ourselves to you afresh, Lord. We take up our cross. We ask you to be our decision maker. Lord, we, we bow to worship and obey you. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we surrender to you. Father, I pray that you will just pour your Holy Spirit out on each person here. God, that your love and your power and your forgiveness would just carry us through this week, that we would live the life that you created us to live. Lord, I pray for every person they would be able to use the many gifts and talents that you've given them. Lord, I pray that you would set people free from addictions and uh, things that hold them back, God. Lord, I pray that you would release people from past hurt. Father, I pray that you would release people from past failures. God, I pray that the those who've sinned and those who've sinned against, been sinned against, Lord, would walk out of this assembly today free. Free. Free from sin, free from guilt, free from bitterness and hurt. God, I pray that you would just release in our spirit that heavy weight and set us free so that we could worship you and serve you. God, and may we just humbly pray for one another and seek to follow you and live the life that you've created us for. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.